The stones of Amsterdam remember, we remember. 1. Such a beautiful sunlit city with music in the streets and bright-colored boats on the canals. My bicycle whistles along the cobblestones. I'm bringing my sweetheart pink roses from the flower shop on de Kerkstraat. We shall have an belegde brodje and chocolate tart and coffee met milk and sugar to celebrate the day we met on Dora Vogel's besungen willow-laden green banks of the sparkling Prinzengracht. I will make her a painting that praises her blue eyes and red mouth and orange sweater and golden hair. Nothing terrible can happen when such exquisite love is in the air, in our beautiful sunlit city with music in the streets and bright-colored boats on the canals. So today we are traveling, but virtually, to Daniel Reiskin's home uh, to record a podcast. And it's a special day. It's Remembrance Day in the Netherlands. And we're talking with Daniel about the tour to the Netherlands, obviously, for the WSO that would be happening today. Hello, Daniel. Hi, Elise. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for talking with us. Um, So we are very far apart and uh, <laughs> in uh, uncertain conditions. And we're talking about um, a dream that you had for a while. Can you tell us what would have been happening today? You know, it's, a, it's, it's funny how unpredictable our lives can be. And I would have never guessed that my life would be so connected to both Netherlands and uh, Canada if I look back 30 years ago when I first set uh, my foot here in Amsterdam as a 20-year-old young man. Um, and now I am already in my second year as music director of Winnipeg Symphony and actually looking back on a five years of relationship with this orchestra. And um, shortly after I started to get involved with the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra, I, I learned that there were already some kind of ideas and plans in the making um, to team up with the um, Netherlands uh, Amsterdam Tonkunst Choir and to build up a project of celebrating the 75th anniversary of liberation of the Netherlands by the Canadian forces at the end of the Second World War, many of these units uh, actually from Winnipeg and Manitoba. And uh, by that time, I was already more than 25 years or 25 years a proud Dutch citizen, you may say. Um, You know, and this little country which I was associating with tulips and cheese before coming here played such a a role in my life. I, I spent 30 years, almost 30 years here, and uh, um, it it would have meant a ton to be able to, you know, to take my Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra to the country, which actually changed my life and, and became my life. And uh, all the stages on, on which we were supposed to play, like yesterday in Arnhem, today in Concertgebouw, tomorrow in Amsterdam, tomorrow in um, in uh, Rotterdam, and so on. I, I played on these stages so many times as orchestral musician, as chamber musician, as soloist, and as conductor. Um, you know, on and off the stage, there's such a strong connection I have with this country, and uh, and I know for a fact that this this joy of seeing the people you are musically connected and work with in an orchestra, musicians, you know, you you see them on the stages, and I know you guys would have been smiling, and you would when we when we do this two years from now, but. Just ah. this whole, you know, and this whole idea, this whole idea that um, why we're doing that is also such a noble cause, you know. It's uh, because when you remember things, is you start to think, and I think when we think, we tend to come up with uh, um, a lot of answers, and most of them usually are fine answers. That's why we, as civilization, we're developing with setbacks because sometimes we have a dark thoughts, but. But generally, this is this is what makes us to go forward. So we are planning for 2022. Yes, absolutely. And um, you know, the, we, things started to develop at such a excruciating speed when, you know, around the world, so the public uh, venues were starting to be shut down due to social distancing and this whole anxiety about the pandemic uh, caused by COVID-19. But some things are of such an incredible, meaningful, uh, fundamental 
uh, origin and, and, and nature that everyone who was involved in uh, this project, also on the side of the promoters and organizing um, facilities here, they said, you know, we, we can't just say, you know, so what, you know, it's, it's pandemic, it's canceled. Okay, too bad. No, everyone mm -hmm. said we have to do something about it. Mm -hmm. You know, the management that that represents me here for more than a quarter of a century, they put so much work into it. And myself, I know that I don't know how many hours I spent, you know, talking to people about hiring the double bases and the special shell chimes and, uh, you know, to, to the concert halls about the program, mm -hmm. to the visiting the hotels the musicians were supposed to stay, about the quality of the buses and stuff. Because at the end of the day, all these things matter when you guys are, you know, on stage and we can make music together. So immediately when we made this round of calls and conversation with all the promoters, everyone said, you know what, 2021 is impossible because we're actually canceling things now, moving them into the next year. So, but let's just do the same dates in 2022. And so what will celebrate the 77th anniversary of uh, liberation? <laughs> Who cares? It, it's the relevant. <laughs> The relevancy of it, you know, it's every year for me, um, of course, we we humans tend to this kind of anniversaries. It's 50, 25, 75, 100, you know, it's silver marriage, golden marriage, and the same applies to all things. These are pillars in our life. Yes, it's important, but with things of such a, a, a grave importance as uh, the end of this horrific page in the history of human race it's as relevant this year when it's 75th anniversary as it will be next year at 77 and the five years before two we the stones of amsterdam remember we remember sudden flashes of light in the sky loud shots in the streets bodies slumped on sidewalks Workmen in overalls crumpled over without warning into the cold, wine-dark, bloody waters of the canals. The stones of Amsterdam remember, we remember, black planes smoking overhead, the sudden crash of falling bombs, young women in dove-gray tailored suits and nylons and high heels crouched behind metal street lamps on their way home from the offices, crawling for safety into the unlit back lanes, their stockings torn, their lipstick crooked, their skirts ripped, their faces broken. Uh, so, I, and for me personally, seven is, seems to be a, a good number. I, I was born in an apartment number 77 on the seventh floor of the flat building. So I'd say, you know, go for it. <laughs> Maybe we should have, from the beginning, planned the, the, the tour. In <laughs> yes, yes. So what is most special about these concert halls, stages? Is it the history, the acoustics? You know, today we were supposed to play in Amsterdam, in Concertgebouw, and I think of all the halls that we were playing in, uh, in uh, Netherlands and Belgium, this, of course, stands out as one of maybe five maximum 10 halls around the world where you as a musician want to be as a player or as a singer or as a conductor because this is something you 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 want to tell to your grandchildren you know i i played or i conducted or i played in music for i know concert or in uh, boston symphony hall or in berlin mm -hmm. Philharmonic, whatever i mean there's a there's some it's it's both acoustic and history and the fact that Mahler conducted his fourth symphony on this stage and oh. there's so many things happened, you know, and, and uh, what kind of orchestras come to play on this stage and to be part of it and what kind of audience is coming and is used to. You know, the Dutch audience are very appreciative, and uh, uh, but they're also very spoiled. As You know, just compare the mere fact that for us at Winnipeg Symphony, it would have been the first ever, you know, overseas European yeah. trip. It's historic already. But the very fact that very rarely, very seldomly, the guest orchestras of our quality or size come to play on stage, we usually play at Centennial Concert Hall, um, is also important because the audiences in Winnipeg, they're used to Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra. And once in a while, maybe NSU mm -hmm. or Vancouver comes, but that's about it. And 
everyone knows because many of our concert goers, passionate patrons, they are traveling around the world and they're going different places. So they know to compare, but it, it's different when you can today listen to your Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra and on Sunday go and listen to the London Philharmonic and, and, and a week from now listen to Vienna Philharmonic and to the Boston Symphony and to Orchestra de Paris and to the NHK from Tokyo. And then, you know, the whole perspective of and orchestra of people and people are different and emotional spectrum of people coming together and making music is different when... 100 Japanese play Mahler, 100 Dutch play Mahler, or 67 Manitobans are playing Beethoven. And by the way, not all of them are Manitobans too. So the beauty of it <laughs> is that it doesn't actually matter, but still the outcome of deciphering what's in the music and in the, in the part in the score is always different. And uh, and uh, if, you, if you are confronting the audience in a positive way, that is able to compare your Berlioz or Beethoven or Tchaikovsky or whatever with something they heard a week ago from uh, another orchestra and will hear in a year from now from a third one. It's a very healthy and, and a very special experience. And this is how a small old Europe functions. Everything is at hand rich, you know. So you weren't nervous at all about uh, bringing your orchestra and seeing the reception, how exactly different it would sound and how people would react to that. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Very simply because I do travel a lot around the world okay. and I stand in front of different orchestras. And for me, comparing what I get in Winnipeg from both in front of me and, and, and behind my back when we talk about audience is a very natural process. And it's never about saying to your orchestra, oh, you know, I just conducted this piece somewhere and they played this. But it's it's a wrong motivation. But inside, you you know, I, I very often have this, uh, this uh, feeling about, especially as a music director, it's a different level of uh, commitment and, and, and connection on both sides to doing something together because it's a result of a different process. And for me, it's it's always a, a incredibly, it's an incredible gift to, you know, to come back on the stage and to see the people I know now already. And it's a completely different music making, but I am able inside myself to say, oh boy, I'm blessed, you know, because I can compare and okay, I haven't conducted Concertgebouw Orchestra yet and maybe I would, you know, I, <laughs> I feel different about Winnipeg Symphony. <laughs> I was conducting Berlin Philharmonic on a daily basis, but I am realistic and it's not about, <laughs> but it's not about even that. It's, you can stand in front of maybe more famous orchestra with more money and more history, but it doesn't mean that you necessarily will get the music flowing the same way as you would with your orchestra, with your people. And I was sure that by the time we would be performing here, our connection, mutual understanding and the way we make music would be bringing the results. I would be really, you know, shining with being proud on stage sharing with you and for me it's 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 been home for for many years and uh, um and my name is maybe a little bit less known in the last years here because i've been outside for so many years but it's still it's still my home and it's uh, and, and sharing this i was nowadays unpacking a lot of boxes that you know, contain old time recordings. And today I was running for a box of live recordings of me being a player. And there's so many from the Concertgebouw uh, chamber hall where the recitals of chamber music, you know, and you just look back at the 30 years of history of how you are connected to a certain place. And, and to be able to share this connection with people you really respect and enjoy making music uh, with, at this particular moment, moment, it's 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 the greatest of all things you can imagine. So well, uh, yes, I I am really now going to work very hard together with everyone on board, uh, you know, to preserve this very uh, this treasure of what we were able to organize, you know, and with all the patrons that were supporting us with adopting a musician or sponsoring events or even planning to you know go with us and spend time here the greatest thank you goes to them but also uh, I, I just hope that we will all you know overcome what what happens with us now and enjoy the same kind of wonderful moment in two years 
Well, listening to you talk, I'm getting excited about making music and missing it, <laughs> making music together. And uh, during these last few weeks, I have uh, learned a few things. I've been, you know, practicing. I've been doing other things like cooking and baking. Have you learned anything? I've learned how to make bagels and I made flour tortillas and stuff like that. Anything? You know, you know that I love cooking myself and yes. uh, I'm, also do, I'm, I'm also doing a lot of that. But nowadays I'm afraid that we are going to a, a kind of a visa, visa regime models for entering the kitchen because you know, the, 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 if, if, if I'm going to the kitchen as regular and as often as I'm doing now, when we're talking about the exit strategy, we would have to talk literally about the size of the exits in our homes because we would not be able to fit in the door. <laughs> you know, so, 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 so uh, no, but you know, one of the things I'm learning again is to, is to again how to play viola which sounds funny to you, but after not having played for like, you know, more than 12 years, and my instrument is actually stuck in Winnipeg. So I, I went to Hague to a good friend of mine, uh, a wonderful violist and a colleague, and I, he lent me one of his instruments and, and a bow, my ex-bow that I sold him a few years ago since I'm not playing anymore. So now once a, a, in, in a couple of days and sometimes a few days in a row, I'm, I'm trying to play and it's not my instrument and so, but. It's wonderful to be able producing the sounds again. And another yes. box I was unpacking yesterday is a box of some uh, viola music, you know, because I, I wanted mm -hmm. to, to again just just to play some Bach and some some other stuff. And uh, but I'm also learning a lot about my kids. And I can tell oh. you one of one of the things, one of the rare blessings of this situation. Mm -hmm. You should realize that for the last. 10 to 15 years, I've been away from home roughly between 250 to 270 days a year. Wow. And I missed a lot of things that happened in the life of my children. Yeah. And um, it's also, it took a while, you know, to, to get accustomed to be around each other for such lengthy period of time. Mm -hmm. But I, I am learning a lot about them and I'm they're grown-up people, and and it's wonderful that we're all stuck in this together. But uh, I wouldn't want to miss um, this moments for anything. And if anything, you know, as often, there's never only a, a, a dark side to whatever yeah. happens in your life. There's always something um, which comes your way uh, to offset the hardships we're all coming through. And one of the things that uh, I really enjoy, uh, and sometimes it's rocky, you know, just to to realize that the population of our apartment has increased by 25% with my constant <laughs> presence here. Um, <laughs> but it's absolute blessing to be around your loved ones in this particular situation for for quite a quite a while. Yes. And this this regular morning breakfast together, I haven't had this for. I don't know forever, and this yes. is one of the dearest things. Uh, I, I I would never forget this, and I would. I'm sure that on the other end of where we're going to exit, and we're going to exit from this for sure. I would do everything I can to try to preserve at yes. least to some extent these things. Three, the stones of Amsterdam. Remember, we remember. Children screaming in the playgrounds. We were not there to protect them. Our sweet babies, our dearest ones, we were not there to protect them. We remember the basement, stinking with sweat and fear, the dozen fugitives standing in a row, not daring to move or breathe or achoo. The sausages hidden for them in the attic, the heavy curtains, the solitary candle glow. I'm a poor little bird whose wings have been clipped. I keep hurling myself against the iron bars of my cage. There's no help, no relief. I can't get out. The whole house has fallen into deep, dark silence. Our rooms are starting to feel like death. I wake up at night to the sickening gray leer of the underworld. This is when you realize what is really valuable in your life. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm missing to death and to agony the ability to to perform um, and to make music with the great musicians uh, of Winnipeg Symphony and around the world and to share it with audiences. But 
but um, you know, understanding what, what's what are the fundamental things in your life. Sometimes you just need a real big wake up call and, mm-hmm. and, and shake up. And um, yeah, this is this is what really matters. Yes, that's true. Well, thank you so much, Daniel. It was so wonderful talking to you and being in touch. And, and thank you guys for doing this. I'm, I'm sure that there will be a lot of people encouraged by, by, by these ex- actions and, and ability to connect and to think and to share. It's, uh, it's, I, really, I really hope that we'll get together soon and one way or another and, you know, and, and play and, and joke and work hard and, and smile and, uh, and share. This is, this is you know, it's, it's, it's all about, yeah, share. Four. It was not our war. We didn't want another war. It was not our war. We didn't want another war. But there we were suddenly in the middle of it. The terror, the chaos, the stink of it. Everywhere in the water, the bread, the air, the missing walls, the smashed windows, our grandmothers gone, our merchants gone, our brightest young men gone. Wilhelmina, our gracious, beloved queen, steered us bravely through the treacherous combat zones encircling the land. Wilhelmina offered neutrality and safe refuge and resistance to military occupation wherever she could. She did what she could to protect us. She was not able to protect us. The war broke our queen's beautiful heart. The war broke everyone's beautiful hearts. So now we're going to join uh, Meredith in his house in Winnipeg. Uh, We are Monday, May 4th, and we're talking about the tour that would be um, happening presently in the Netherlands. Thank you for joining us, Meredith. So today is Remembrance Day, and a concert um, the symphony was going to do was in Concertgebouw um, in the Netherlands. You were going to bring your baby and your wife also is coming on tour you have three children and two were staying at home correct that is correct um were you bringing your bass 
traveling, you know, it's one of the great challenges of of touring for any orchestra, and some orchestras um, do it, but a lot of orchestras more and more they um, for really big instruments like harp, timpani, double basses, they'll actually pr procure them on site, um, which causes its own set of challenges because no two basses are the same, mm -hmm. uh, and so. Daniel, when when the tour was when they when the symphony first decided to go on tour, this was over about a year ago. He met when he discussed it with me because there's just all kinds of reasons traveling with bases is not always practical. Um, it can be prohibitively expensive. Like it's a lot of times it's way more to fly a base than it is to fly a person. And also there's the stress of like on yes. the instruments themselves. I mean, I I, I you know I could go on and on and on about all the horror stories of people opening their bass trunks and the, it's broken in half or it's got a huge hole. So he discussed it with me and, and we thought it best uh, to just sort of get them there. And he, um, he and, and our director of artistic operations, J.F. Anuf, have been just incredible because da uh, Daniel is so well connected and he's well established in the area that he was meeting with people and, and working with, with various companies and individuals to find instruments that actually were as close to what we play at home in Winnipeg as possible. Oh, really? So you went with the brand? You say, I play, not the brand, the maker? And He he asked me for, for I, I compiled information from the each member of the section, and Daniel wanted to know everything we were willing to supply. So maker approximate age, most importantly, sort of the string length of the yes. instrument. And then also he wanted to know sort of the um, the country of origin, because he, as you know, he's a, <laughs> a, a world-class <laughs> violist. So he knew different countries, the instruments are going to be shaped differently. And he was going to try to get as close to what we play on day in and day out. Wow. So which, which this is wonderful. Is the string length is the length between the nut and the bridge. How much does that, how much can that vary on a bass? Like, well, extreme examples, six inches, if you can believe it. Like, so sometimes really small wow. instruments, which are very rare, but really small, more sort of chamber solo type instruments can have a string length as short as. Well, 39, I, I think I've heard of a 38, but 39 inches is a very short string length. And then some of the really big sort of dedicated orchestral instruments where that's really all you can do with it because it's so big will have a string length as high as 44 inches. So it's wow. an enormous, it can be an enormous um, uh, adjustment. So was that your, your number one thought? Like, when I get there, I need to get to the base. Absolutely. You were it like, was... get me there. My, my, my wife, who's as is, uh, Susan, as you know, is also, she's a violinist in the orchestra. We were talking, okay, how are we going to sort of gauge time? Because our <laughs> youngest was going to come with us. Because it's, it's the kind of thing, you know, you get this instrument, you've never seen it before. You've never played it before. They set them up differently in Europe than they do in North America. So the bass would have not only would the string length be different, but the feel of the instrument would be different. And so, oh. yeah, I'm sure that all of us in the bass section, we're going to be doing lots of scales and arpeggios that first day or two just to try <laughs> to get used to the instrument. To figure out, uh, well, that's amazing. And, um, you know, the acoustics for the, the lowest instruments must really make a big difference. I'm sure you've played on a lot of stages and sometimes you're like, wow, I can carry this nice carpet, right? And other places you feel like you can't hear yourself? Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and that was one thing. I've played Concerto Bal before. Um, it's been you a have. long time. Oh, okay. I was there, yeah, I was in Concerto Bal in 95. Um, so I was very, very excited to to return because it is a wonderful, wonderful place to be a bass player. It's okay. That's a, a well. It's a it's a wonderful place to play <laughs> anything. You know. I mean, you know. I, I've been thinking about sort of you know Concertgebouw in particular. You know, if you're a baseball fan, it's like playing baseball in Fenway Park or something. I mean, it's just it's one of these fabled institutions mm -hmm. and with a long history and a, and a long very 
storied history and all. I mean, I'm sure Daniel talked about Mahler's relationship with the hall and, and uh, spending a lot of time there and doing a lot of conducting there. And, mm-hmm. but the, yeah, it's just such a special place to play. It's also got the fact that it has that sort of a, the seating kind of in the round where you have audience behind you as well as out in front. So it's, it's very special. Five. Then came the long, cold, hunger winter. We burned our books and tables to stay warm. We ate squirrels and cockroaches and the bitter roots of ash saplings to stay alive. Our remaining grandmothers and children wasted away. It was a bitter time to stay alive. And then the war was ending, it was said, and the Canadian soldiers came, jaunty young men full of spit and fire, tens of thousands of men, who sang as they drove through the streets in their green tanks and jeeps, waving rifles and grenades, the taste of death hovering on their still tender, rosy lips. They plunged without hesitation into the icy waters of the storm-ruffled shelled, Clearing the roads and ditches, they shot and were shot, killed and were killed. They cheerfully risked their lives for ours. We wept, we sang, to receive the Canadian soldiers in Amsterdam, remembering as we sang their mothers and grandmothers, weeping and singing for them too, and for us far across the cold grey sea. So I want to hear a little bit, <laughs> because I'm sort of a bass nerd, <laughs> how that affects your playing. The bass is such, like, has such big strings and you need to really, um, you know, get those strings going. How does that affect your playing when you get to different places? It's in the speed and the weight that you use or the, the reverb. So you need to adjust, right? How you're going to attack the string or not. <laughs> Definitely. It's it's always when you go into a really great hall, it kind of gets easier because you can just kind of enjoy um, sort of the way the way you can just sort of enjoy the experience. And um, it's always a little bit more difficult in halls that maybe aren't so acoustically perfect. You have to work harder. Sometimes you kind of you use a little more rosin on your bow. You dig in a little <laughs> bit more if you need to be. But then also, the funny thing, too, is some halls, they're great in part of the hall, and they're not so great in the other. I mean, I've played in halls where I know for a fact that the acoustic out in the hall is incredible. But on stage, it can be downright peculiar, and it can feel very strange. And that is that takes a little getting used to. Um Fortunately, that's not the case in Concertgebouw. It kind of sounds great everywhere. <laughs> and, and a lot of those halls, too, a lot of the European halls are, are like that. They're, 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 it's funny. It seems like so many, even some of the smaller towns, it may not be the biggest hall or the most glamorous looking hall, but it, it, they, they all seem to have these wonderful little places to play. It's, it's such a pleasure to play um, in Europe. I, like I said, I haven't done it in many years, but... Um, I, when I toured Europe in the 90s with an orchestra, I, we were continuously sort of amazed at, you just go into some little town, I, Flensburg, I, we played in this little town, Flensburg. Turns out it was Carl Berm's favorite hall in the world. Oh, okay. It was, very, it was a very, and so it, this can happen. And I think that was sort of one of the things I was looking forward to most because whereas oh. I've I've played some in Europe. Most of these halls we're going to, I'd never played. And so I thought uh-huh. it was just going to be really quite really thrilling to, yeah. and learn about them, you know, learn yeah. about the halls and the, so. So we are planning to go in 2022. <clears throat> so that should be fun. In the meantime, what are you occupying your days with uh, these days? <laughs> are you well, learning anything? Are you doing anything? Unlearning anything? <laughs> Well, definitely unlearning, trying to trying, you know, trying to use the time to uh, sort of do do the kind of practice that it's it's a little bit less available when you're, you know, day in and day out, full 
full rehearsal yeah. and performance schedule. You know, yeah, a lot yeah. of it is you're just you're doing you're meeting the immediate demands of the job. Yeah. And now it, it's fun to go back and, and look at some some things maybe that um, that I haven't been able to practice for a while. Definitely working a little bit more on some solo repertoire. Um, I have three small children, seven, four <laughs> and one. So I yeah. spend a lot of time making meals and snacks. <laughs> That's a big part of my day, <laughs> but it's fun too. And, and, and so, yeah, the practicing has been, it's been really nice to almost go yes. back to um, sort of a style of practicing that we, we did back when we were in university and because yes. you just can, and the other day I actually turned off the lights and just practiced intonation on a single scale for quite a while and just sort of enjoying the feel and the sound and, and sort of basking in that. And that's just something, as you know, we, we rarely have time to do anymore. That's great. Um, it was so much fun talking to you and um, thank you. And I look forward to seeing you again and making music and this project now that we have for 2022. Thank you, Meredith. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Six. Shell-torn buildings line the sky, twisted trees waiting to die. Pain-racked bodies lying stark, flares and shell-fire in the dark. Unearthly wails and hideous moans, immortally wounded stirs and groans. Slimy craters and splintered rocks, out in the dark a sniper stalks. Hollow-eyed men strew the ground. Dazed and battered by continual sound. Shouts and screams, machine guns rattle. Make me this night a thing apart from all this mad cacophony of sound. So now we are joining Arlene Dahl in her home in Winnipeg, as opposed to uh, on tour in the Netherlands. Today would be our concert, Gebau concert. Thank you, Arlene, for joining us. Oh, th thanks for inviting me. So I know this tour actually meant a lot to you and you've put a lot of work into it because you were on a special committee, right? Um, yes, that's right. Um, I joined the touring committee, which is a subcommittee of the board of directors about four years ago, and it has taken three to four years to plan this tour. So I've been involved Uh, for the last number of years, uh, along with uh, the two members of the board who were really, really instrumental in getting this whole thing started. That was Martin Du and uh, Lucien Blue, who uh, both uh, were, were native to the Netherlands, uh, are now Canadians, of course, but they were so proud to introduce their orchestra here to their homeland. And I, I think that they were, they were so enthusiastic and it, of course it spread into the community as well it became a, a a really wonderful wonderful project yes i know how uh involved you are and passionate very passionate person so give us more details how this committee looked after what exactly like really the hotels how many concerts the stuff the traveling Right. We had seven concerts planned yes. and they were going they were going to take place in over over seven days. So we were going to be a very, very busy and a very hardworking orchestra. But uh, planning a tour, an international tour, takes a lot more than just uh, uh, booking a bus to Brandon, for example. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of logistical uh, hurdles to overcome. And uh, some of those included uh, the logistics was, for example, Uh, and what, what made it what made it a little more challenging was the fact that we were working in two different time zones. So there was always the meetings had to be arranged to accommodate oh. the different uh, the different time. But the logistics involved, of course, booking the halls and securing the dates, and then planning the WSO 2019-2020 season to accommodate this tour to allow for travel both to and from Canada and then plan our concerts here accordingly. And one of the things that was very important to us was to present to Winnipeg audiences the very concert we would be taking on tour. Yes. So that meant bringing the, the Tonkunstkur from Amsterdam, which is the choir we were going with, uh, with whom we were going to be performing, bringing them to Canada first, having all the soloists here, 
and and presenting the concert a week before we would actually present it back in Holland. So and it was a way of rehearsing it and getting used to each other and learning the new uh, Canadian Commission piece. So we had to secure the halls, book the dates and then secure the contracts with the soloists as well as the, the choir and and confirm with them that they were free for all the, the dates that we needed to have them. The travel arrangements were really something uh, extraordinary because this not only included the air travel for the musicians uh, and their instruments, but we had to they we had to book the bus transportation to and from the hotel from the airport, plus the transportation from the hotels to the various venues. We were going to be staying in Amsterdam for six nights, and then later on in Utrecht for four nights to uh, facilitate uh, travel to to and from the halls in the, in the different part of the country. So. Um, so there was a lot of logistical bus travel involved uh, with that too, and not only uh, not all of the instruments were going to be traveling with us. Uh, the, mm. the double basses, the timpani, the harp, the contrabassoon, uh, various percussion instruments were going to be rented there. So those had to be secured. And I know JF had spent a lot of time uh, making sure that we would have the right number of instruments and that everybody <laughs> had, that we would we would be looked after when we got there in terms of was that. Was that the biggest headache? Uh, well, I'm not sure. That was one of many. I, you, okay. would ask, you would have to ask JF which the biggest headache oh, was. Okay. You know, every time so, some, we had something arranged and somebody would ask a question, so, oh, we better make sure that, you know, oh, this yeah. is looked after as well, right? And then, of course, there's the hotel reservations, uh, not only for the musicians, um, but some some musicians were traveling with, with children or with their spouses. So the, mm -hmm. the, there were some additional uh, little concerns there. And um, to add to the staff's workload, uh, the, uh, the orchestra gave the musicians the option of returning not only the day after our last performance in the Netherlands, but also we could re also choose to return a week later. That presented again another host of travel uh, arrangements that had to be had to be made. But this was just the logistics for the orchestra. Our audience members and other supporters were invited to join this tour, <laughs> just like they did in in for the Carnegie Hall yes. tour. We had how over many people? Winnipeg's. I'm I'm not sure of the final number because that was sort of in flux and we were still organizing this. The hundreds. So uh, yes, I would yes. say so. Yes, there, there were a number of people who were coming. And then there were people who were planning to join us there. I had friends in Germany who were planning uh, to come and hear the orchestra. Yeah. I knew other, other people had friends in Europe um, and who were going to be joining, uh, joining the, the tour and just chance to get together with, in my case, with other musicians or with other uh, friends and friends that were in, already living in Europe. Um, but the Great Canadian uh, Tour Company was enlisted to help with the logistics of taking members of the public with us on tour. So uh, there was other tours involved with that as well, uh, because uh, we were playing every every evening. Uh, it, they had to arrange uh, things for people to do while they were there in Holland. And because this was the, to commemorate the 75th anniversary of the yes. liberation of the Netherlands by the Canadian troops. Seven. You brought us water and butter and bread. You brought candles and blankets and wood. You brought honey and laughter and money. You gave us back our freedom and pride. You gave us back our peace, our hope, our land, our future. You saved our lives. Thank you all. Adonk. Thank you. Megwitch. Merci. May the stars shine upon your brave departed spirits. Your bright honored bones crumbled into sand on the dark wet floor of the murky schilt. Your own bright futures destroyed the children and grandchildren you couldn't have. May your heroism and generosity and goodwill singing for you on high and down below be remembered forever on all sides of the sea. Thank you all. Adank. Thank you. Miigwech. Merci. Because uh, this was going to be, uh, ha there were a lot of military aspects of some of the tours. 
and and not only the military, but there were cultural, you could take cultural tours, you could take horticultural tours. Of course, the tulips are in full bloom right now. So there was a lot of different activities that people could do while they were on tour. In addition to a big gala dinner that we were going to be having in Rotterdam, which is the day of liberation, that's the big party day, Mm. uh, which would be tomorrow, um, the, the great day of celebration. And so there was there was some logistics involved in organizing an event, hosting it, getting the food services and all the different things involved with with presenting, a, you know, a gala, a gala event. So it was it was quite an undertaking. But um, there are you, I think the enthusiasm and the dedication of these people on the touring committee that were so excited about bringing their mm. Winnipeg Symphony to, to Holland and to the Netherlands. It uh, it was very infectious, and it helped motivate us along the way as as we went through the process. And we're hoping that we can transfer a lot of that, or at least experience, <laughs> for in two years, right? Just put it on hold. That's true. That's yeah. true because we have we have a lot of things in place. For example, all the musicians were adopted, and the guest soloists were, and uh, you know, so 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 there is there was already that commitment on the part of our community and the individuals who sponsored us uh, to ensure that we we would go. And we're we're planning now. Uh, I, I I believe Daniel uh, Raskin would know better which uh, which of the halls have been already booked, but we mm-hmm. already have confirmation from from the the venues. And uh, there's a great interest in having us come, even though it's not the 75th anniversary. There's, I think, a great sentiment there on the part of the people in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. They want to, in a way, honor us by having us perform there because we were so instrumental in liberating them from the Nazis. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think it will uh, It'll just be postponed and uh, hopefully be just as great then. And you were going on the tour with your husband, right? Uh, yes, I was going and, and we were going to be, uh, the as it, as it turns out, the couple that uh, adopted me are, are very good friends of ours and we were going to be going to Lisbon after to uh, for a week oh. uh, with, with my oh. adopted with my adopted parents so that that trip will have to be put on hold but um, that was that was something I was really looking forward to I haven't I've been to Spain and to Italy I know those countries but I've never been to Portugal so I was looking forward to to seeing that but there was other things that we were going to do too um, we were going to see of course the cultural things in 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 Holland we were going to see things like the Ricks Museum. I wanted to see the Anne Frank uh, house because I yes. had read the diary of Anne Frank as a young girl. It had a huge impact on me as a young as a young girl, and I definitely wanted to see that. Um, and I uh, I wanted to see the Van Gogh Museum. I, I happen to really, really like Van Gogh as a painter. <laughs> and, of course, one of the first places I wanted to see was to spend some time at the Canadian Memorial. Because I think all of us living in Canada today owe an, an immeasurable debt of gratitude to the, the men and women who risked their lives and in, in too many cases lost their lives um, to, pr- to protect the freedoms that we enjoy every day of our life here in, in Canada. And isn't it ironic that in a very cruel twist of fate, we're in a way fighting a war again and that there are men and women who are risking their lives every day now protecting us by going out and fighting the pandemic. And, and it, maybe it's not fighting a war with bullets and torpedoes, but they're still fighting. And we will also be forever indebted to these people in the same yes. way that we are to this, the soldiers and to the people who have fought for values like freedom and independence and all those ideals that the, the soldiers fought for in World War II. Eight. As you move down from the line, there are rows of wooden crosses, all painted white and fine. They're the headstones for the fallen, who underneath do lie. They're the men who came from Canada to fight for peace and die. Blow gently, good wind, from over the sea, fanning the leaves of the cherry tree, cooling desires of the bumblebee. Blow gently, good wind, pausing to bless the poppies red, spreading their beauty over the dead, scattering incense over their bed, you kind good wind. 
there's a trail I know through a belt of bush where poplar and willow sway and the cranberries show like a splash of flame gleaming red on an autumn day. One day I'll wander there again by the bank of a western river. Um, you are a woman of many talents, as, uh, as we know. Talents and hobbies, interests, very curious, always up to something. So what have you been up to lately that's fun or different or, uh, yeah? Well, I've been curating my shoe collection. That's one thing. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it's taking a lot of time, but that that's, um, you mean, other than practicing and trying to, you know, maintain the playing skills. Yes. Right. Okay. Well, I am enjoying, <laughs> I'm enjoying watching my garden come back to life. I do enjoy gardening. So, of course, I was looking forward to seeing uh, yes. you know, the gardens in Holland. But, um, but I, I, I love, I love gardening. There's something, there's something, uh, because I tend to be more of an A personality and, and, you know, I'm passionate about things. There's something relaxing and a calming in intending to a garden and and it, it's creative in that you can plan your color schemes in the different pots you put around the yard or you or i'm 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 making i'm using uh I'm, i've learned how to make mosaics and i've made stepping stones with shoes of course what else um <laughs> put in my garden um i'm 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 about to uh, start uh, this summer i would like to start a major project i have of uh, I can't talk about what the subject matter will be, but I have in mind a triptych, triptych of three large mosaics that will have a music theme. So I was planning Ooh. to go to Italy to uh, take some more mosaic classes, but I will just do that on my own here. And I have a project in mind for that. Um, what else was I going to do? Um, I... I I guess uh, you're baking still. Oh, I'm part of the baking. Yes. As, as a matter of fact, in a couple, we, we just made eclairs. And I don't know if you <laughs> saw some of those posted on the musician site. I didn't post mine because they were a total disaster. <laughs> but, but, you know, everything in life is a learning experience, isn't it? So, <laughs> yes. so the, the first time I made bagels, they were, they were, they looked like sort of, rejects from a from a, a refugees <laughs> from a bagel pow camp but, but the the next ones i made which were greg hayes uh, montreal yes, bagel i did that i too, made yeah. those and they worked beautifully so <laughs> i so you know i made a mistake the first time around and i learned from those mistakes so uh, my eclairs were were not to be viewed publicly but my next ones i'll post them if they if they turn out better uh, we are baking uh, two, uh, three of us in the club, Julie, uh, Julie Sava and um, and Sonia. Sonia and I are on. Uh, we're going to try to bake one different kind of bread every week. So this week we are going to attempt olive and uh, maybe tarragon. We're not sure which herb yet, but olive focaccia. So we'll do an Italian bread, and <laughs> we're going to learn how to make focaccia. Very exciting. Never a dull moment, I'm sure. Yeah, it keeps me off the streets and out of the pool hall. <laughs> we all need hobbies. We need what we and and hobbies is something. I I guess my hobbies. I've, I used to make quilts, and now I'm using that knowledge of sewing to to make is to make some masks as they're needed. I'm I'm offering them to friends and family, and uh, so I like being involved in something creative, making a mosaic or or gardening or or sewing. All those so all important. those things that it, are they're wonderful because you start with raw material and you end up with something. Yes. Um, that that if it, even if it doesn't work, it gives you pleasure in the process because there's something very life affirming about watching be bread rise. You know, it's yes. it's, it's been yes. such an ancient ancient thing. But and so you're yes. kind of tied to all your ancestors, all my Mennonite <laughs> aunties and my grandmothers who all baked, and my mother was an <laughs> avid baker. I mean, I sort of feel connected also in part of my culture, but also just as a long long standing evolution thing isn't yeah. it to 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 bake or to yes. to make something to create something well Arlene you energize us thank you so much it was so inspiring and so much fun looking forward to seeing you soon and making music yes we have to get together to make music that's something we have to keep telling our com larger community we will be back we will be sharing our music with you again nine 
Such a beautiful sunlit city with music in the streets and bright-colored boats on the canals. My bicycle whistles along the cobblestones. I'm bringing my sweetheart pink roses from the flower shop on Kirkstraat. We shall have an belegged brodje and chocolate tart and coffee met milk and sucker to celebrate the day we met under Vogelsgesungen, willow-laden green banks of the sparkling Prinzengracht. I will make her a painting that praises her blue eyes and red mouth and orange sweater and golden hair. Everything dances with happiness when such exquisite love is in the air, in our beautiful sunlit city with music in the streets and bright-colored boats on the canals. <laughs> 